and our ears to hear your word, that you'd remove distractions from us, and that your light would shine. In Jesus' name, amen. The sermon text is from the gospel text that we uh, read earlier. You may be seated. Here we are continuing on in this time of epiphany, in case you had forgotten. This is an interesting time of the church year. We celebrated so much during Christmas, and then we wait the 12 days of Christmas until the wise men show up, and we celebrate epiphany, a revelation, a, a showing of who God is. See, at Christmas, we get to see God incarnate, Jesus born as a man, the Word of God wrapped in flesh. Through the season of Epiphany, we start to see who this man is as God. And Matthew's Gospel does this in a beautiful way. See, Matthew's Gospel is focused on the fact of how Jesus is the fulfillment of all of God's prophecies, the fulfillment of all of the history of who Israel was supposed to be wrapped up in one guy. And so we get our text today. You heard it in the Old Testament text too, in the Isaiah reading, right? In the region of Naphtali and Zebulon, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations, the people who live in the land of death and darkness where everything is falling apart and horrible, a light is shining. A light has come to shine in the midst of that region. I don't know if you know much about Galilee and that region, but it wasn't really highly sought after at all. There wasn't a whole lot that people were excited about. You see, everything was going on in Jerusalem and in Judea. That's in the southern area of Israel. Galilee's in the northern end of Israel. When Joseph and Mary and Jesus at a couple of years old went to get away from things, they went into Nazareth, which is even more in the backwoods out of Galilee. So it was an area where not a whole lot of faithful Judaism was going on. In fact, half of that Sea of Galilee is encompassed by a region called the Decapolis. And the Decapolis was the more Greek and Roman area, pagan worship that was going on. The cities that had nothing to do with God our Savior. This was a, a dark region. A darkness that encompassed everything. Have you ever tried to work in the dark? It's hard. This past couple weekends, Pastor uh, Hiller and I have been acting one small part in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay? We've been standing up there as the professor, which is a really fun spot and really fun character to play, but one of the things that got me was that through all of the practices, all of the rehearsals, all the things we did, we usually had a little bit of light in that theater. The very first night on opening night, the expectation for the kids that were up there with me as we left our scene was to exit the stage, down the stairs, in between the stage and the audience through an aisle that was about as wide as my shoulders and not fall. That was the important part. Don't trip. But see, in the midst of opening night, there was a whole lot less light. It was dark. And I remember taking that first 
step. See, we had to hurry before the lights came up on the narrator. And I remember taking that first step, and I couldn't see a thing. I had no idea if I was going to step on the first step, on the second step, or if I was just going to land in the audience's lap right in front of me. Darkness is a hard place to work. Darkness is also a hard place to live in. Think of those times in life where things seem darker than lighter. Maybe it's a morning where you wake up and even if the sun has risen, it's still hard to get out of bed. It's hard to find a, a reason. A darkness that envelops the mind. A darkness that holds onto you and grips you. And should you have gotten the amount of energy enough to get up out of bed, maybe you just kind of make it into the kitchen. Maybe a chair. It's hard to think on how you're going to handle the day. Because that darkness, not only can it be hard to think through, but it starts to take your energy. It starts to make you wonder, really, who all is around. Maybe you should just be on your own. Maybe there really isn't anybody out there that loves you at all. And if there was, maybe it doesn't matter all that much. But see, that darkness... It's a hard thing. Sometimes we end up sharing more darkness than we do light. See, the words that we can use sometimes don't bring as much light as we hope. And thinking of the weight of that darkness in our own life makes me just amazed at how Christ came into the darkness to be a light, to be a light to speak something different, to be a light to show something different than what the people had seen for so many generations. See, in that region around the Sea of Galilee, like we talked about, there was a lot of darkness that was going on. And in that region, Christ did the majority of his ministry. It's about 80% of his time was spent in and amongst that area. And what tools did he use? Well, he used his word. It's because his word is effective. His word brings light. We hear it in the Psalms, right? Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a guide unto my path. The very word of God wrapped in flesh, walking around speaking his word. And his word has power in the midst of the darkness. And you see it in the midst of Matthew's gospel. Jesus walks up to some guys doing their normal daily work. Simon and Andrew casting nets. Which another interesting thing to think on is most of the fishing was done in relative darkness. The fish bite better in the dark. Jim, maybe that was your issue is that you needed to fish more at nighttime in Colorado. But see, he walks up to him and he just says, Hey, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. No coercing. No negotiating. His word was effective. They followed him. Two more, they followed him. 
You see Jesus creating the church, establishing his church, establishing those who are going to walk along and carry on his ministry, establishing those that are going to continue to preach his word in the midst of darkness. And then we get Jesus' own words as he's teaching in the synagogues and in the other places around. He says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's great, Jesus, but what's that look like? Now remember, these folks had been looking for a Messiah. They'd been waiting for a Messiah. They'd been waiting for somebody to lift Israel out of the darkness, out of the oppression of the nations all around them, and lift them up and put them back into their place of prominence as God's chosen people. To have a king of their own, a land of their own, a place of their own in which they could thrive, the promised land, the promised place. And so here Jesus walks around in the midst of this dark area and says, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. You can imagine their surprise when they started to see what that looked like. Because it didn't look like a military triumph. It didn't look like... Israel coming back into the highlight. It didn't look like any of that. It looked like a guy followed by a couple of disciples walking around speaking his word, teaching. Except his word had power still. Not only did it have the power to make guys follow him as he just said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. But he walked around in the areas and they would bring him the sick. They'd bring him the paralytics, the epileptics. They would bring him the ones that were suffering from diseases. Ones that were taken over by demons. And he'd heal them. He would speak words of light in the midst of people who were wrapped up in darkness. He would shine the light of God's glory, the light of God's word, the very voice of his own that was present at creation when dark was separated from light and the seasons were set in order. That very same word, that very same breath who was breathing in the midst of creation would speak words of healing, speak words of light, speak words that cast the darkness out to where people were healed. People were taken care of. People were lifted up out of their darkness as they would hear the light of his word. So look around you in this place where we get to hear that light, where we get to hear that word, where we get to receive that very body and blood of Christ himself upon our lips in communion, where we have his name placed upon us in baptism. We walk out of this place that's filled with light into a world that needs to hear it. A world where darkness encompasses more, people, more people's minds than light does. And Jesus isn't walking around amongst his creation right now, but you are in his stead. 
you are walking around. You get to be that light in that darkness. You get to be the presence in someone's hurt, even if it's just sitting with them for a moment, to sit and be a presence of light, a moment of care. Maybe it's words that you actually get to share with them that bring some light into the midst of the darkness, that bring some clarity in the midst of confusion, to speak words of truth. And remember, they're not always your words, but God's words, and God's word is effective. God's word is powerful. God's word gets things done, and he gets to use it on your lips. See, because you have been wrapped up in God's word. You are his. And your baptism you're made his child. And then he works upon you by his spirit. Works within your heart to guide your hands to care for those around you. He works upon your lips to speak his word into the lives of those that need to hear it. And when the darkness starts to overtake our minds, we come into this place and we hear your forgiveness. You hear that God loves you. You hear that Christ has died for you. You hear that Christ has risen for you and that Christ forgives you because of all that he has done for you and that God continues to see you as his child no matter what's gone on in the week. And so from this place, the heart of where you get to hear God's word for you in your life, you get to take that very same word out into the darkness to speak words of light into the dark world around. The world needs to hear it. And so when the darkness feels overwhelming, remember, Jesus is the light. A light that shined in the darkness and continues to shine. Amen. Please rise as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your light that shines in the midst of the darkness. When that darkness is personal, we pray you bring others around us to speak your words of light into our life, your words of forgiveness, your words of life, your words of mercy and grace that can only come from you. And when life around us is very well lit by your word, we pray that you give us courage to speak that same word to those that need to hear it around us. Be with us as we go from this place. Carry us by your spirit and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen.